Well, good morning. Welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin with you. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. So we continue the topic of drinking, and uh, I just want to say up front kind of where I land, uh, I'm usually not the guy that falls into a particular category, uh, at least not in terms of of many things. This is one where I probably do. I'm I'm probably uh, in that category of teetotaler. Uh, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, and um, that's not a holier-than-thou approach. Those are just things I don't do. I don't. If you want to do those things, you know, um, we can talk about that. But for me, and as for me in my house, I, I choose not to. That hasn't always been the case in my life, in just in a confession, and so um, we can get more into. Um, those things and, and upbringing and different things like that, but um, that's just a confession that I am making up front, a statement that I'm making about my view. I, I'm, a, Like I said, I, I just don't do those things. I think it's the most interesting thing then, as you put it that in that context, because Russ and I do actually kind of disagree on this. I love that. It's, it's, we brought it up yesterday. It's really, I, th- I think, healthy for us to battle uh, in our with ourselves and wrestle with the word and then you know, allow Russ and his wisdom to sharpen me that iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. But I I am, I've never struggled with drinking. Um, I've been drunk once in my life. And that was in college. Unfortunately, I was underage, but my friend said that I couldn't comment on them not drinking if I had never been drunk. And as a um, young and very, very brutish. Isn't that the word in the King James brutish for dumb? It's stupid. It translated <laughs> in other things, but as a young and brutish young man, um, I thought that made sense. And so I went out one night and got drunk and just thought, you know, the whole time I'm going around going, this is ridiculous. This is so foolish. So, and, and, and I am not a teetotaler. I'm a practicing teetotaler, uh, right now for the sake of the weaker brother, but, um, I am not a theological teetotaler at all. Uh, and so it's really interesting how you have a different past and a different present than I do. We kind of flip-flopped, sort of. Yeah, I had actually, uh, I had quit drinking by the time I was old enough to drink. And, uh, but that, that was short-lived. Yeah. And, you know, so we can, we can kind of get into that. But today, if you have your Bible, we're going to talk about... Um, well, uh, uh, sorry, um, as as Russ is going to prepare us to get into this, I think it's also really helpful, maybe maybe appropriate, that we never, uh, I, I hope, come across as people that have arrived. Yes, um, I'm definitely not arrived. So when when Russ is talking about, you know, I've just chosen not to drink. I, I know that there are things that you wrestle with with sin, where you go, okay, I'm I'm battling with this. I'm choosing not to get angry or something like that, but I still do, you know. So there may be somebody out there that's really wrestling with drinking and saying, "Man, Russ, as for me, and my house, we've chosen not to, but it's a battle. It's a struggle." Yeah. And Russ and I, you know, we have different past, different presents, and different futures. But but in in our past, present, future, we do not come to you as people that have arrived at all. But we press on. Very much a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about arguments to the consequences. We're going to look at a couple of passages in Proverbs. So if you want to begin and are able to open your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 20. We're going to look at just one verse there. And as time permits, maybe flip over to chapter 23 and and look at uh, some other passages. Uh, As Gavin and I were talking about this, uh, 
prior to the episode or, or the week, actually, uh, I was describing a scenario where I had a, a an argument with, with a brother, and I, I'll say argument. It, it, it wasn't uh, probably the most professional thing to do. I was at work. He was at work. We both worked together. Uh, and, and this brother was just, was adamant, just absolutely adamant that the Bible makes it very clear that all drinking is sinful. And, and he went into describing how his pastor had looked at all the different examples of wine in the Bible and how some of them, you know, were, were not really alcohol and, and all these other things and, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, but no, and, and so then we started talking about consequences. One of the reasons that Russ is where he is at is because of consequences, and and that's a it's a logical fallacy. It's a fallacy. It's an argument ad argumentum ad consequentum, or an appeal to to the consequences. So you say, look at what could happen if you do X, Y, or Z, and if the the outcome is desirable, then it's immoral to do the steps. And and there there, are, I mean, we could walk through examples where. Um, you don't want to do something, even if the consequences are good, you know, like, let's say somebody says there's a hundred percent chance you won't get caught on your taxes by doing this. Um, and you will save thousands of dollars and there's no consequence at all other than the step to do it is to cheat on your taxes. Well, an argument to the consequences says, man, this is morally acceptable because the consequences are good or, or vice versa. So we want to acknowledge that sometimes we appeal to the consequences, um, and that's that's a logical fallacy. That's not a good way of working through these things. It's either right to do it or it's wrong to do it. But I think it may be helpful for us to slow down and say that Russ and I are not unaware of consequences of drinking. And the Bible recognizes that there are consequences to drunkenness, at yeah. least. All right. So let, let's, let's pray. And then you want to read? Is that how we're going to do this? Oh, sure. Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we may behold wonderful and wondrous things from your law. God, show us your ways, not ours. Uh, Expose areas in our lives where we are not walking well, and and particularly today where we are not thinking well. And uh, and let us trust that you are always and every time for us. That we had earthly fathers that disciplined us as seemed best to them, but you discipline us always for our good. That the things you, you do, God, are always for our good. Open our eyes that we may see that, and and God, move in our hearts that we may trust you like that, and what you call us to do, let us do it with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. That's been me. Like, without going into all the particulars, I I have have been... uh, led astray at, at points in my life by strong drink, uh, up to and including having an accident that resulted in the harm of someone that, uh, that I knew. And, uh, you know, it's just not wise. The consequences can be very severe. And, uh, and, and one of the things that I said to Gavin uh, prior to us, uh, re- you know, deciding on this or, or, you know, laying out kind of what we wanted to talk about, just from my perspective, when we factor everything in, when we factor in the uh, number of inmates that are currently incarcerated that would say that alcohol played a role in their incarceration, when we look at the number of marriages uh, that are broken up in which some uh, one, of the, one of the people in the marriage uh, would confess that alcohol played a role, when we look at the number of people that are abused in which they would say that their abuser was under the influence of alcohol. When we factor everything in, this is Russell Fox here saying, 
to suggest that drunkenness is not wise is to suggest that the Titanic hit a piece of ice. It is an understatement of epic proportions to suggest that it is not wise. And, and we said yesterday, or Gavin said yesterday, that, that in, the, in our culture today, many people view alcohol as a solution and not a problem. But the problem is the solution leads to other problems, or at least at the very least, does not solve the problems that we're trying to run from. Yeah, so you, you're mixing so many categories for me that I, that I would need to work some of them out. So, so for example, alcohol is not a solution. So I, I, in my understanding of Scripture, there are two reasons to drink. One, you're thirsty, and two, you like the taste. And never drunkenness, right? So, so to just lay out my, my end where I've arrived is that never – ever drunkenness. If right. I would walk into the to uh, one of my deacon's homes and he had a glass of wine with a with some spaghetti on the table and he said, "Hey Gavin, how's it going?" I wouldn't bat an eye. Wouldn't bother me at all. And I will make my case from scripture. This is anecdotal, but I will make my case from scripture. And and I want to say it intentionally. Like maybe I've put the cart ahead of the horse and now I'm making a case. That's not a good way of understanding scripture. I want the scripture to speak and my idea is to hang from biblical truths, right? Sure. So, so I, I'm wording it intentionally against me. I will make my case from scripture. I hope I have not put the cart in front of the horse and I have the goal of ending up where drinking is permissible, though I'm a practicing teetotaler. I want to say I think the Bible allows for it. Um, and again, we've talked about this far more often in scripture is wine considered a gift from God and something that is allowed for than is it to be forbidden. Um, but, but so you say, let me, let me back up. It is never a solution for anything, but I'm thirsty. So when I said that in America today, people, we joked around about it when, when you asked what we're doing and I said, well, I'm leaning towards drinking and you kind of thought that was funny because in, in the, in the, it resonates because humor touches on a truth. And the truth is that many people view drinking as a solution. Drinking is not the solution. So I know people that I would, that I would caution against this type of thinking that will say, um, I have a hot toddy. I didn't even know that was to my grandparents. A hot, you know what a hot toddy is? I have no idea. I don't even know. I hope I'm saying something that's appropriate. But but uh, so my grandparents would. I think say, it's a drink. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, they would have a drink in the evening. And, and they didn't do this. But some people say it would take the edge off the day. Man. That, that can. That, that, that's, that's a dangerous slippery slope. It, uh, yeah. And the slippery slope is another logical fallacy. But but but. To take the edge off the day is the thing that that God is supposed to do. And not that I'm totally against medication. or I mean, that's another conversation we can get into. But that really, that's not a problem solver. Alcohol is not a problem solver. No. Okay. All right. So um, I'm not unaware that, a th- um, and I get these statistics because I quick, quick reference them from Brad Winnington's uh, what would Jesus drink? And in 2009, a third of traffic fatalities were due to drunk, drunken driving. Um, 1,077 of those being teenagers. In 2007, the CDC said that 14,406 people died from alcohol liver disease. 23,199 people died from alcohol-induced deaths, including accidents and excluding sorry, excluding accidents and homicides. How about this? Um, in uh, in statistics from aboutalcoholabuse.com, in 2001, more than half a million people were injured in crashes where police reported that alcohol was present. Um, 50% of U.S. homicides, 
Homicides. 50% of U.S. homicides are alcohol-related. 40% of U.S. assaults are alcohol-related. And I believe, and I know I'm looking at a statistic, but I'm, I have kind of a Mark Twain understanding of statistics, and we'll leave it at that, uh, that I, I think that's low. Yeah, 40% I think, I think it's of, of U.S. assaults are alcohol-related. I've been to places, when I was in college, I've been around enough people. One guy, his friend walked past him, and he punched him in the face. He was drunk, and he just punched him. And the guy got up in his face, and he said, you've lost all your friends, and after that, you've just lost me. Alcohol had driven everybody out of his life because he just was like that. I know a guy that was that was violent, so violent when he was drinking, nobody could be around him. Yeah. I mean, that's just common. So, so let's go back to our verse. And, and then I want to, you, Russ, are really good at keeping me focused. Enough of people out there have said, man, Russ, it sounds, it feels like Russ is pulling back the reins on you to keep you guided in the right direction. That's exactly what happens. I, my mind just goes a thousand different places. So we're talking about the argument to the consequences or argumentum ad consequential. It is not the best way of understanding it, but we want to pause today and just say we are not unaware that there are consequences to drinking and drunkenness particularly. The Bible warns against these consequences and acknowledges them. So we went to Proverbs 20 verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 31 4. It is not wise for kings, O Lemuel. It is not wise, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. And then Russ is going to get into Proverbs 23 in just a second. But listen, drinking does not cause wise decisions. I mean, that's a consequence of drinking, unwise decisions. And many times, um, here's another consequence. I'll get into that in a second. But many times people have made decisions that were unwise when they drink or they forget what they've decided. They forget what they said. They forget what they did. They they get into the next day. They go, oh no, I don't remember anything that happened last night. That is not a good place to be. That's a very, very uh, a bad place to be. But here's what happens when you argue to the consequences. One of them, maybe. When I was in college, again, drinking was not my thing. But I would play basketball to the point of dehydration. And it, 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 it was not uncommon on a Saturday morning. I lived in an apartment my sophomore year. It was not uncommon on a Saturday morning for my roommates to be going, I'll never do that again. You know, the room was spinning last night. I almost passed out. I felt like I was going to throw up. And for me to not have had a drop to drink at all, say, I played basketball to the point of dehydration. The room was spinning last night. I was cramping up all night. You know, I'll never do that again type thing. And so the consequence was the same. And one was fairly healthy. I mean, again, you could talk about hydration and maybe pushing a little too far. But one was fairly healthy and one was debauchery. Unwise. Yeah. But, but to the consequence, you know, if, if I mean, there are many people that study uh, all night and the consequences them being in, you know uh, confused and and when they drive it's dangerous and 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 again I, I would say some of those steps need to be revisited as for what's wise. But moms that work and work, single moms that have worked and worked and worked to the point where they get to about the consequence of drinking, and you say, okay, we'll fix that. Don't work. But the, one is not wrong, and one is totally wrong. 
just as an aside, I know you went to Southeastern. I did too. What, uh, when you went there, did they have the non-drinking covenant? You know, I don't know, but it, I don't remember that. But because um, I went way, way before you did. Um, but I will say this: they did ask. So now I'm going to re- revert on this. So I've been drunk once in my life, and I've had probably 20 glasses of wine. So uh, when I was older, maybe at one, one time, no, okay, maybe one or two a year, something like that, um, and and very rarely. But the night before I went to seminary, the very night before I went to seminary, my family, uh, my uh, parents, my mom and stepdad took me out to Olive Garden, I think. And I had a glass of wine with spaghetti. I wasn't driving. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even close. You know, I mean, um, but when I went to seminary, they did ask you a moral questionnaire. And one of the questions was, when was the last time you drank? And it was like, you know, a year ago, a month ago, uh, something. (laughs) 12 hours ago. (laughs) Me, never. I mean, I'm I'm next to a, now I'm a practicing teetotaler for the sake of the church. But at that time, I was next to a teetotaler just naturally. It's never been a temptation of mine. But I had to put down that I'd been drinking last night. Yeah, right before I went to seminary. (laughs) Well, they did have that covenant when I went. Okay. So I I went in about uh, 2000 and... uh, 10 or okay. 11, something like that. So uh, Proverbs 23 begins, verse 29 begins, uh, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaints, who has wounds without cause. Okay, stop. Um, maybe we just revisit these real quick to say that there are consequences to right. um, drinking. So what are the wounds without cause? They can either be from fights or, I mean, I, I know of many people that have Hangover. stumbled and what? Hangover. Well, okay, but but I know of many people that have hit their heads on something, and they're like, "Wait, oh, yeah. why do I have a knot on my forehead?" Well, it was a fight. It was stumbling. It was, you know, you know, you know. I, I parked. I, I saw this too. I parked last night, and I was like, "You parked your car last night?" You know, yeah. And they drove. This is not acceptable at all. So I'm not commending this. I'm not boasting in any sin. And I this was not me. But I know, you know, people would say, hey, I parked last night. You go out in the car was, you know, the one case I'm thinking of specifically was hanging over a um, railroad tie bank that they had perfectly parked their car off the axles over this uh, railroad tie bank. So the car was kind of stuck on its frame and they're like, you know, nailed it. So you you wake up the next day and you have all sorts of bumps, bruises, wrecks, dents that you can't explain. Yeah, okay. I've been there. Uh, who has redness of eyes? Of course, yeah. Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. Okay. So I, I've said this before. Some of the neatest looking stores and some of the best advertisements, whether it's for Budweiser or wine, but the neatest looking stores are some of these new, like shining neon lights through the, 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 uh, you know, the various alcohol bottles. It looks, I mean, they're just really sharp in display and the advertisements that you see are always people having fun and and beautiful people doing amazing things. That's that's all part of the game. Oh, it's all part of the game. And, and, and uh, you know, the, the people that are surprised when you do not join them in that flood of debauchery are the ones that will hold it out and go, man, this is so much fun and it's so good. You you don't, you don't rarely get the person that says, hey, take some of this. It destroyed my marriage, lost my job, caused me to you know wreck my car and, and totally devastated everything that you know I had going for me. It, it trashed it all. Hey, have some. Yeah. You know, they don't lie a trap in, in the daylight. They lie a trap for you in the dark and they, they veil some of those things. But it looks don't don't look at it when everything looks just about right. Go study those people that that, you know, 
have lost everything. Yeah. And I and and listen. You don't have to, I, I, I'm, as a pastor, I need to guard what I say here, but let me just say it like this. You don't have to look long, and you don't have to look in too many places to find people all around you that have destroyed their life by alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Or the lives of others. Or the, Yes, absolutely. Uh, sin sin is destructive, and it, and it rarely just lingers over you. Sin right. destroys, it just, there's a path of destruction. When you're when you're drunk and you're yelling at people or 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 doing you know spending money. By the way, there's a really interesting thing. It, th- there's a great documentary on uh, prohibition, and one of the things that they talk about is women's suffrage um, and and prohibition were closely tied together because of the problem where ministers were going out to these women's houses that had you know they're bawling because their husband had spent all their money. Uh, you know, that he had worked all the week, he got the money, he drank it all away, he gambled it because he was making unwise decisions when he was drinking. Then he came home and beat his wife, and there were very few laws that protected women in these cases. So women's suffrage, you know, the protection of women and women's rights came along with prohibition, like alcohol is destroying. Like, that's not an accident. Right, that's right. Uh, I mean, and so so the destruction, when you say, okay, you know, prohibition, take away alcohol— it also brought with it women's rights because women the, the path of destruction of, of drunkards includes women and children and finances and property and everything else. It's just a broad path that, that, that devastates. Uh, verse 32, at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper, and your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yeah. Do, do you have to think long about that? I mean, that's pretty – anybody that's been around, you know – a party like that has heard things that you know people saying awful, horrible things and perverse things and doing heard, things. said, saw, whatever you name yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just th- th- it seems to be. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, you're. Uh, let's see. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of a mast. So, saying, so I think one would be like, you know, maybe uh, I was talking about earlier, you know, when I would get dehydrated, but people would drink and they're going, oh boy, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. trips to the to the bathroom. Yeah, uh, whoa, Nelly. Yeah, whoa, Nelly. But but also, you know, people end up sleeping upside down. People end up uh, maybe this literally means in the top of a mast where people are, you know, on a boat. Who sleeps on this like weird place and in an unsafe place? The drunk. Right. The drunk is the one that sleeps in these places. Is Go ahead, eight? last. Uh, saying, uh, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Yeah, shameful. Sin, yeah, sin makes no sense. If you would just assess your condition. I, I actually told one person, I said, you say you're fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're losing everything. I'm, I'm in your house now telling you you're losing everything. Your wife is telling you she's leaving. You have hurt them too bad. You've lied too much. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. You're, you, you have th- that alcohol has no control over you. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. No control of me. The next time you stand in line and there's a particular place in, in the town that, that where I'm a pastor that is known as a place of disrepute and serves alcohol. I said, if you are ever in that line again, there's no reason to be in that store. Can you admit that you have a problem? Absolutely. Absolutely, I will admit that I have a problem. Not even trying. I wasn't looking. I wasn't spying. I don't think that's the role of the pastor. Saw this person in that line and, and or in that in the shop. I didn't see him in the line. 
saw this person in that shop and I said, do we have a problem? Nope. Sin lies to you. The devil is the father of lies. Sin destroys and then tells you everything is fine. Tells you you need it. Tells you you can't quit. Sin sin is just a beast. It, it lies at the doorstep and its desire is to have you. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is probably a good place to stop, Gavin. Uh, we'll pick this conversation back up tomorrow. Uh, listener, until uh, we get back together tomorrow, please continue to, um, to open your Bible, to look at these things, and to consider these things wisely uh, and thoroughly and accurately. Um, without prejudice, just trust in the Lord, lean on his word, and uh, he will never steer you aside. Until we get back together tomorrow, God bless.